This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Do you know who's going to win the AFC? Before you answer, let me answer it for you. No, you don't. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and, of course, on the social media, that is at Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, at that guy Carlin over there as well. The Dolphins' loss last night just confused me even more because there was an opportunity, Joe, for Miami to take control of the AFC, and with about four minutes left in Miami, I thought they had done just that with the 27-13 lead. And then they let the Tennessee Titans go right down the field on them twice to come back and win that game. And as a result, I have no idea how I am supposed to look at the AFC. I know that the Ravens are up top there right now. I understand they're 10-3. and three. I think there are warts all over that team. I Don't look at the Dolphins the same way. I was waiting for them to step forward and have their big win. Didn't get it. They were embarrassing in losing that game last night. Joe, who am I supposed to take seriously right now in the AFC? It's not the Chiefs. It's not Jacksonville. Who is it? I think if the Baltimore Ravens do not make the Super Bowl, we're going to have a lot of questions about the quarterback. We're going to have a lot of questions. This is, you cannot ask for a better situation in Baltimore than the one you have found yourself in right here on December 12th, 2023. You have one of, if not the best defenses in the NFL. You've got a top five offensive line. You've got weapons at wide receiver. You've got a damn good coach in John Harbaugh with a great supporting staff. You've got a fantastic quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And for the first time since this Harbaugh-Jackson relationship started, the rest of the AFC is in trouble. Uh, Kansas City is definitely down this year on offense. Miami has emerged, but there are big question marks. Jacksonville, they don't seem ready for prime time. You go down through the entire list, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. I mean, the biggest threats. Buffalo has stumbled all over itself this year. Cincinnati is hurt. The Jets never panned out because Rodgers got hurt. The table is set. The table is set for the Baltimore Ravens. If you can't walk through it this year, if not now, when? Like Lamar Jackson for years has had to face the questions about whether or not he's elite, whether or not he's worth the money, whether or not he can get it done in the postseason. And he's answered so many of those, but he has not won in the playoffs. I think he's one in three. This is the year where if you get the bye and the AFC, a weak AFC, has to run through M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore against that defense and that weather with that run game, how could the Ravens possibly blow it? I don't know. I don't know. And yet I, I can't find myself with the utmost confidence there because of days like the other day. Like, we're all sitting there texting during that game saying this is typical Ravens to lay an egg in a situation like this, and they get bailed out. They got, that's exactly what happened. They got bailed out by a young kid making a play on a punt return in overtime. They go to Jacksonville this week. I fully expect them to beat the Jaguars. What I am really hoping is for the Ravens to be the team to step forward, Joe, because I I think that is going to give us the best Super Bowl if they are that team. And I fully believe that Christmas night we could be getting a Super Bowl preview if the Ravens can just find that, that singular 
just the, the, the little indescribable thing where you, you take care of business. Just clean. You, you got to play clean. Yes, you don't screw things up. And boy, you couldn't be more right on the Lamar Jackson thing. I mean, this is it, right? This yeah. is it for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. This, if you don't get home here, especially after this past offseason, it is set up for you to be successful. It really is. That defense that the Ravens have is a high, high-level defense. It really is. They check every box. The thing with them is you'll watch them play, and they'll have these moments. And I can think of the one right away in the Rams game where Jackson's looking right, and the ball is snapped right past him into the end zone. He has to kick it out for a safety. And you just sit there and you look at that and think to yourself, why did that happen? Why did that happen to you guys? And then it'll be like, all right, everyone makes mistakes. Fine. And later in the game, it, it's, it's, I think it's late first half. It's been back and forth, but the Ravens are starting to gain control. They had just scored. They were getting a three and out. They line up in the neutral zone on a fourth and four punt, and they gift the Rams a free first down, and the Rams go down the field and score a touchdown. And it's still a game. There are the moments where Lamar Jackson can be brilliant for two drives in a row, and then he drops back. He tries to do too much. He fumbles. The other team recovers, and everyone's scratching their heads saying, you know, you just let him right back in. They... Right now, I think you and I are very fixated on trying to find which team is just the best. Why don't we look for which team is the least worst? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, I If we assess all the issues, the Ravens strike me as the team that just is the, the most buttoned up, I guess you might want to say. The, the, they, they bring the least amount of warts to the table, but you mentioned at the beginning there's still plenty of warts there. Why, why are we t- – <laughs> We're talking about this entirely too much lately between this and between the MVP. Because there have been so many MVP candidates with warts on them. It's been a fun year for warts. And a fun year for warts. I'll tell you what, (laughs) mediocrity ruling the day in 2023. I like it, though. Because, okay, let me turn it around and ask it to you like this. We're focused so much on the top. If the AFC is this wide open, as we say, if there's no one that dominant, Mm -hmm. is this the year we get that? six-seed sleeper, like the year the Steelers went to the Super Bowl and won as a six-seed, the Giants, the year they beat the Patriots, I think mm-hmm. they were a real deep seed as well. Are we looking at a scenario? Are any of these teams sitting five, six, seven capable of making that run? All right, so first of all, let's understand this. There are 11 teams that are over 500 in the AFC. Okay, that's second most ever by a conference through week 14. Really? Since 1970. Wow. In 2014, there were 12 teams in the AFC over 500. Um, and this year, there's 11. I can give you the two. There are two others that had 11. So, I'm just going to have to take your word for it on that one. Right. I, I mean, I won't be fact checking. 08 NFC, 02 AFC. So okay. there you go. Anyway, point being, I look at the rest of the AFC and I'm sitting here with all of these seven and six teams. Like, so if you're talking about that bottom half, we got Buffalo, we got Pittsburgh, we got Cincinnati, we got Indianapolis, we got the Texans, we got the Broncos all at seven and six. You want to pick one? Because I sure as heck don't want to pick one. The, the one you certainly don't want to pick is Buffalo. The last thing you need is the bills getting hot at the right time. And just upending everybody in the AFC. And then Carlin can't lose turns into Carlin loses 
quite a bit. Well, look at me. Am I shaking? <laughs> Am I worried? You're not I'm too not. worried about the Bills right now, it seems like. They would be the team, though, given the fact that they are the only one of that group that has what we've seen in terms of high-level quarterback play when he plays well and the pedigree we've seen in previous years, it feels like if the Bills sneak in, they're the dangerous low seed. But we've also seen them stumble all over themselves this season. I'll give you the one that I cannot believe that people are getting on right now. That's the Cleveland Browns. People, stop yourself. Oh, really? We're just going to go ahead and end that? I Well, Joe... Flacco's I, done it before. I, I understand, but he just got off the couch, and he's had two games. And what did you and I spend last week talking about? About Several how, things, I, I would imagine. Why, but in relation <laughs> to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Defense, home versus away. And even this week at home, it wasn't very good. Right. And so they luck out in that they get the Bears this week, but then they're on the road at Houston. They get the Jets at home, and then they're on the road at Cincinnati. Do you think that C.J. Stroud isn't going to have a good game against them on Christmas Eve? I, I mean, I want to see them prove differently. But I, That also I, sounds like it could be – that very much could be 4-0. It could be, I sure. I mean, that Cleveland team could be sitting 12-5 and at the end of the year. Joe Flacco, 12-5. and Joe. The next four games, they're not going better than two and two. It's not happening. Wait, read it off again. It's t- it's yeah. Texans, Jets, uh, it's, Bengals. It's Bears this week at home. For- oh, forgot about them. Yeah, Bears this week at home, at Houston, Jets, at Cincinnati. They can't go better than two and two in that stretch? They can. I'm saying they won't. Ooh, that feels like a show bet right there. I might be inclined to say that they go better than two and two there. What's on the line? Why are you so well? Before we go through, we'll, trust me, we'll get something. We'll yeah. get something on the line. Why are you so confident in that? It's not as if that's a murderer's row. Because Joe Flacco just got off the street, and I watched oh, so Joe Flacco, Flacco the last couple of years. Am I supposed to buy into the notion? Well, he's incredibly well rested all year he, he, with the Jets last year, and I know it's with the Jets. He was awful. I am not going to sit here and honestly believe that Joe Flacco is taking them anywhere at this juncture of his career when he was his career was basically left for dead this was this is the last guy that we can even sniff taking a chance on and they didn't do it until week 13 so now he's going to walk in the door and lead the Cleveland Browns whose defense has been very good in some instances and very not in some other instances. And that's my team that's all of a sudden going to rip it together. No. Counterpoint. No, not on my watch. Counterpoint. Flacco goes 4-0 over the next few weeks, four weeks. The Ravens lose on Christmas at San Francisco. Ravens also have the Dolphins. Dolphins get hot, beat the Ravens. Browns win the AFC North. Browns get the one seed. AFC runs through Joe Flacco. See, here's the thing. Indulge it for As a moment. You, in the middle of you saying all of that, <laughs> it struck me, you know what? If that happens, I'll blank. No, no, no. <laughs> We've seen it happen too often, too often lately, and I'm not going to put myself in that situation. <laughs> Certainly not retire because I can't. Oh, the old, <laughs> if this happens, I'm retiring. No, I wasn't even retiring. But if this happens, I'll do something really stupid. You know what? I don't need anybody else's help when it comes to doing something really stupid. 
I can do that all on my own. To bring it all the way back, though, Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is the year. This is the year you can just shut everybody up. I don't know. I can't believe that we are ending this conversation with you having the 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 Cleveland Browns with home field advantage throughout the playoffs and a bye. I'm a fan of math, and the math supports it. It supports the probability of it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Patrick Mahomes came out and apologized yesterday. He's got nothing to apologize for in the instance in which he did. He's got something else he's got to address. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 15-yard line, it's Tony. 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. Number 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Five-yard penalty. Second down. I'm going to get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Regardless of what I lose, man, it's, it's for the big game. It's for the big game. We're talking about the rounds, man. It's not what we want to tell you in the NFL. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Patrick Mahomes yesterday clarified his comments on 610 AM in Kansas City. Not clarified, but apologized for how he handled himself uh, after the game on Sunday. And obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. So he regretted being hot over the situation, which I have to tell you, like we've never seen that from Mahomes before. 
not not once. And it's not that he hasn't cared. He's just usually very composed. But to be angry at the officials, again, that's the point where I think the apology is actually due. It has more to do with the fact that the officials were not wrong in what they did. I don't care if Dan Orlovsky shows me 10 different plays where Kadarius Tony was lined up wrong. That doesn't mean that on the 11th, if they call it, it's not his fault. He didn't check with the officials. And it's amazing to me that that continues to be the discussion around this from Mahomes. Now, the officials are frustrating to say the, uh, to say the least, Joe, but this in this case, Mahomes just apologizing for how he conveyed the message. No, I think that's wrong. I, and I also think with Mahomes, <laughs> I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt from all of us. Sure. We've never really seen him do anything. I actually don't think he had to apologize for no, how he I, did No, I don't either. I, it's, a, it's a smart move because a lot of people had focused on it. A lot of people thought, you know, they had names for him. They wanted to call him whatever. Fine. Eh, people react. But given what we've seen from him from the moment he stepped into the spotlight until then, just the heat of the moment sort of thing. Like, no one was really harmed in any of that. It's not a big deal. You were passionate about the game. You're upset you lost. You got upset at officiating. Who amongst us has not gotten upset with officiating? You want to apologize? Great. Smart move. Uh, don't apologize. I don't think that's the end of the world. But we're ready to move on here. You know, we're ready to move on. I'm, he's He's been a first-class leader and ambassador for the sport since he arrived. Love the guy. Love watching the guy. Like rooting against him, too, because he's so damn good. So it's fun to be on the other side to watch him go down because it very rarely happens. As to the Tony thing, I mean, people keep coming up with the, well, we've been deprived of the greatest play of the NFL season. Oh, come on. I mean, yeah, it would have been a great play. But, again, if, like, Kelsey drops that ball, we're not even talking about that. It's like a guy dropped a ball and uh, someone was lined up off sides and we all just keep moving. Right. By the way, what happens if, you know, that ball was nearly deflected? What right. happens if that ball gets deflected and it turns into, you know, a fumble? Million different things. Million yeah. different things. None of which cover up the fact that Kansas City went down 14 nothing in that game. Um, it was a tie game with about 11 minutes to go. Kansas City had ample opportunities to go win it. For everyone to focus on this one play and say that cost them, no, 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 no. They had plenty of chances to win that game. They couldn't take advantage of any of them. And the one that looked like they might have, they made a mistake, and they got called on that mistake. So that's that. They're upset a little bit, but moving forward with this whole thing, you know, we're good here. We're good. I don't know. I, I'm I'm very interested to see them when we get to playoff time. I'm very yeah. interested to see them next year. I am fascinated by what their offseason is going to look like because the further we get away from Tyreek Hill, the worse that offense looks. And Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger. And at some point, you're going to look at this roster and you're going to say, Mahomes can only do so much. I'm not saying anything about like the Super Bowl windows closing, but I wonder if if the window in terms of them being, you know, the peak of the AFC is closed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And this week kind of convinced me that that may very well be the case. Right. But. What I'm also blown away by is, you know, the last couple of days, when we talk about the officiating, that wasn't the play to be talking about. We've had several over the last several weeks. And John Perry is the ESPN NFL rules analyst. We know Dean Blandino from Fox Sports, um, same, same job. Normally these guys, they're as fair as can be to the officials because they were 
referees. They were officials. Dean was in charge of officiating. Listen to John Perry talk about this yesterday on Unsportsmanlike. I don't think it's as strong as it was in the time that I worked. I don't think my generation was as strong as the generation before me. Um, I think they managed the game better in years past. It, there is an art to this. I think the game is over-officiated at times, specifically with instant replay. We don't have too many conversations throughout the week that don't involve that. And now we have a generation of official who has never officiated without the safety net of instant replay. You don't have to be right. It'll get fixed. These guys never go after officials like this. I mean, that that's a pretty damning statement right there. I was thinking that was uh, their version of the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James argument. Because it's like, uh, you know, this generation, not, Let not, me what, tell you something. not what our generation went through. Cleet Blakeman, <laughs> he's no Jerry Mark Bright. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing in that. It, that. I think he makes a very interesting point. The safety net of instant replay and how they didn't come up having to get it right all the time. I still don't understand what the big reason. It's probably money. But what's the reason why we can't divide up the responsibilities on game day between the guys on the field and then maybe a couple guys in the booth who handle the replays right away and then radio it down? Aikman had talked about this last night and this idea of like how it's taking so long to get all this done. I shouldn't be able to sit on my couch in my underwear on my sixth beer and know if it's a fumble or not before the ref has even announced that the play is under review. But I can do that because ESPN and all the other networks can give me 22 looks at it before these guys even determine whether or not they're going to announce to the crowd that it's under review. Like We need to divide it up. Yeah, I heard that last night. I texted a couple of people. Looks like Troy and Joe get a little cranky about the officiating. Yeah, a little cranky last night. Take a listen to what was going on. I believe this was right before halftime. They're going to have to look at this, I guess. The problem with all this is just make a call. You know, I mean, there's 13 seconds in the half. They're going to, you know, just make a decision. And this is what stops all these games. And the officials, I know, they've been they've been talked about every week. But this is ridiculous that we're watching right now. I mean, we see something that takes five seconds. It takes them five minutes. After discussion, the ruling is the ball hit the receiving team player and went out of bounds. The ball will be placed at that spot. So they pick up the flag, and I'd like to know how you really feel about it. (laughs) Tell me at halftime, will you? Oh, man. Over a cold meatball. (laughs) I'm sure as soon as the mics went off, Aikman's like, I just, I got to use the restroom. I got to get out of (laughs) here. Too much coffee. You know what I enjoy? (laughs) Incredulous Troy. I enjoy incredulous Troy, and that's what we got last night. Joe Buck, and uh, tell me how you really feel. Over a cold meatball. It's great. They no, weren't you happy with the giant spread either. I like I like that from, oh, yeah, I didn't even pick up. <laughs> Excuse me? This is not how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman dine <laughs> while working. I, I like that. I like when guys like that show the personality a little oh, bit. Oh, I agree. No, it's great. Because you know what? It's not like he's going to go all the way in looking for clicks and trying to get the hot takes out there. Like, yeah, that's how Aikman feels good. I'd like to see that because that's how we feel at times. 
divide up the responsibilities between on the field and in the booth so that you can radio down to these guys and just let them know what to do before they even have to announce it. There's too much time caught up in between. I completely agree with Aikman. So who's winning the AFC and is Tommy DeVito more than just a nice story? It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio. We have that for you in just moments after Joe has this from Granger for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Keep in mind that their commitment to being your safety partner, well, it can help you keep your facility safe and more importantly, your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. DeVito calls signals and takes the snap. Looks to his right. Rolls to his right. Looking for someone on cover. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! Isaiah Hodges made the catch. Got the feed in. Snap is good. Tick on its way. End over end, and it is good! And the Giants have beaten the Packers 24-22. It's been a lot of fun getting wins, I'll tell you that. Um, I'm trying to stay even keel throughout the whole thing and just enjoy with my teammates. It is kind of a cool story, for sure. Tommy Cutlets, it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's a Jersey guy that that entire, I'm sure you have seen, at least on social media, what the DeVito family tailgate looked like. It looked, and, it looked like heaven. It did. Is what it looked like. I mean... Pasta and sausage and peppers and you name it. And gabagool. Uh, gabagool. Uh, everything that you would possibly want out of a tailgate in New Jersey, that's that's what you got last night. But, I mean, you know, listen, it's special. It's it, There are plenty of tailgates like that. So let's, you know, it's, uh, New Jersey, we you do See, again right. with this, this is now twice, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to speak up on this. Stop taking a nice story, a fun story, saying it's fun, and then right at the end, crop dusting it on your way out the door. How about we just, why can't we just enjoy the story? And then when it all falls apart, then you can either go all the way in or you can avoid it. But why do you got to keep doing that now? No, it's. Enjoy it. I tend to get annoyed by things when they start to get. When people start to have fun, you get mad. Is that no, what it is? Because that's what it sounds like. When it's too much heat. Let's bring in Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider and Northeast guy through and through. <laughs> Dan, uh, your take Jersey on the DeVito, uh, I mean, Jersey guy, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Without, so I mean, your we take moved to on the a few DeVito... years ago for convenience, but I, I mean, my heart is always in the motherland. Yes. <laughs> yes. So great on a scale of one to ten, the the Devito tailgate as it looked, and would you agree yeah. that if you walk through the parking lot of MetLife Stadium, that yeah. would not be a singular event. No. It, 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 what has happened is. Like, out of one random tailgate uh, in the parking lot at MetLife Stadium has sprung somehow, against all odds and common sense, the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. <laughs> like, he, he was generated from one of those setups. And now, like, it, it's – I cannot believe that anyone connected with this story is not convinced they're about to wake up from a dream at some point. It makes no, I mean, like he won a state title at Don Bosco. He lives with his parents. He lives with his parents, an Italian kid from Jersey. I mean, he is the cliche of all cliches and he's the starting quarterback right now, the New York giants. I don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, you know, three weeks ago, it was like, oh, my God, Josh Dobbs is going to make so much money, right? Like, like it, these things don't last. That's why guys are backups. But my goodness, is it fun uh, in the meantime? And, you know, Green in our show meeting today said, you know, kind of a local story. I said it's like the all-time local story. Like if, yeah. And if you're not from Jersey, uh, then I'm not sure you fully grasp it. Tommy DeVito looks like a guy who would be wearing a Tommy DeVito jersey throwing around the ball in the parking lot with his kid. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. You, you know, on the other side of that equation, the negative part of the story is that DeVito had to beat up on the Packers a little bit last night. Yeah. They were one of the hottest teams in the NFL. We're talking playoffs. We're talking chief upset, lion upset, and then boom, young team finds out the hard way that you got to show up each yeah. and every night in the NFL. You know, what are we thinking long-term there? Jordan Love, the Packers, it's been looking good, but that was a slap in the face. I think the, the phrase that jumps out to me from what you just said, Joe, is young team. Because it's, it's as young a team as you can imagine. Like, the, and it, I, I believe that every single wide receiver or tight end on their active roster is either in his first or second year in the league. And so it, it's by far the youngest offense in the league. The defense less so, but that's its own issue. But if you talk about Jordan Love, sort of growing together with these young pass catchers, they're going to be ups and downs. They're just always, always are ups and downs with young players. And he is a young player surrounded by young players. And last night it looked like one of those, you know, valleys in the peaks and valleys that are inevitable. So I think we've seen a lot from Jordan Love and the Packers this year to feel good about going forward, how they finish this season off a total mystery because, you know, obviously we've seen them at their best, and last night we saw them, I think, to some extent at their worst. He looked inaccurate again, which was a problem for him early in the season, less so in the middle part. So, like, I had a conversation with Matt LaFleur early in the season before I did one of their games, and I asked him, you know, what's it been like to coach this young group? And he just kind of went off. He's like, it's amazing. He said, you have to be on top of every single thing. Like, it's like stuff you would not think you'd have to tell guys. You realize after the fact, I, I had to tell them that. They didn't realize that. They're, they're all new at this. So uh, it's fun. It's refreshing. And it's been exciting for the Packers uh, to, to sort of hit their stride at, at a time this year. And, and maybe they do finish it off. Certainly LaFleur and the coaching staff has experience. Uh, in December that, that, that is exemplary. But, um, you know, it, it's always a mystery with young players. I think the thing that's come out of this season for Green Bay is really a lot of encouragement about what the potential is for Jordan Love in that group.
Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. Dan, other game last night. That was just an awful, awful loss for the Miami Dolphins. Are they just not ready for prime time? Well, I think that's the that's the conclusion that's easy to jump to. Uh, they they played a poor game. I think Tyreek Hill is an incredibly important player. Maybe even, uh, and I say this uh, fully realizing what these words mean at this time of year, maybe even the most valuable player uh, to any team in the league. Uh, and I think the offense looked very disjointed and uncomfortable without him, and I think that probably made the difference um, in the game. Yes, they turned it over and they kicked field goals when they – um, when they should have been getting touchdowns and Bradley Chubb with a stupid penalty that basically resulted in four extra points for the Titans at least. And they made all kinds of mistakes. But I think, you know, the, the Dolphins were winless in December last year, still snuck into the playoffs. And they hit December this year talking about that. Like, like we want to make sure that doesn't repeat itself. And they started off December pretty well. Obviously, this is a hiccup. What happens from here on out? The Dolphins' schedule looks pretty nasty over the last four weeks. So uh, was last night a wake-up call? Uh, was it a sign of cracks? And how much will be determined by the availability uh, and the overall health of Tyreek Hill in these next couple of weeks? Because obviously you come out of last night thinking it's a little more precarious. Now, if Mike McDaniel can get it together uh, and, and, and rally these guys around like, hey, we lost, but you know, it's only one game, and maybe they look as good over the next couple of weeks as we've seen them for most of the year, then I think they, hit, they have a chance to hit the playoffs uh, at full stride. If they win the rest of their games, they'll be the one seed because they'll catch the Ravens and they'll have played them. They, they play them, uh, I think, in week 17. So um, it's all still there for the Dolphins. It's just a matter of what effect last night has on their psyche going forward because I think they're good enough to be that one seed if um, if they can come out of last night and use it as a positive. Graz, up against it here, but I wanted to fire one more your way. News came down earlier. Justin Herbert, Chargers quarterback, out for the season, undergoing finger surgery. What's going to be next for the Chargers this offseason in terms of leadership and direction? Yeah, I think that that's obviously one of those spots we're watching for a potential uh, coaching change. I, I think, you know, nothing set in stone, obviously, but that is a spot people have their eye on where a change could get made with Brandon Staley. So, you know, who wants that job? The answer is going to be a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of coaches, if that job comes open, uh, that are going to be lining up to coach Justin Herbert and his surgically repaired finger uh, going forward because of the ceiling he has. So, you know, uh, think of the biggest names you can imagine that are going to be on this year's hiring cycle and, and don't be surprised to hear them connected, at least in speculation, with that potential opening with the Chargers. Danny, great stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. You got it. Dan Graziano. Spicy ESPN. meatball. Oh, my God. Yeah, it got me thinking about everything. But that is uh, all I'm saying about the tailgate is let's not get nuts. Everybody's just realizing that we actually know how to do things in New Jersey. Yes, nice tailgate. Good setup. Look. That's all over the place in that parking lot. You got to understand something. After two decades of gym tan laundry, Jersey's got a lot of work to do to convince I people of other that. things. And here's the thing that really bugs me about that. They're from Staten Island. Well, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It was a ridiculous win for the Ravens the other day. One you can almost argue. I mean, not even argue. They 
they got bailed out on that win. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Justin in Pennsylvania has wanted to get in on this for quite some time on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Justin, you're on ESPN Radio, brother. What do you got? Hey, how's it going? Good. How you so, I got a, I got an issue. Did you guys even watch the game? Yeah. Because Lamar he was threw for like 300 yards. He had three touchdowns. Yep. Yes, the game wasn't pretty, but they won. I was there. I was there at the game. They won. And I got something to say about the 49ers game coming up on Christmas Day. The last time that the 49ers played a defense as good as ours, they lost. And they had a backup QB. We have Lamar Jackson. Well, you're talking about when they lost in Philadelphia last year? or No, I'm, I'm talking about the, the Cleveland game. Ah, uh, yes. The game against Cleveland. Oh, last uh, Niner loss. Okay, got it. Yeah. That's a good uh, point. A couple of things. Um I actually think that the and Justin, thanks for the call. I actually think that the Ravens match up exceptionally well with the 49ers because I think the Those Ravens two are kind of like meant for each other, right? Yeah, like the way like they I, play, they're meant for each other. If you're asking me today what I want to see in the Super Bowl, that's it. Oh, you want to see the two favorites? Okay, that's well, bold. No, I, it's because of the matchup. Clip that off and get that to all the other shows. It's because Carlin of the calls matchup. for favorite in NFC and favorite in AFC to meet in Super Bowl. I'm trying to get your mind out of gambling for a half a second. It's because of the matchups. It's because I actually think the Ravens right now would have the best chance of beating the 49ers, not just because they're the favorites, because the favorites are changing every single week, especially in the AFC. But as far as did you watch the game? Yeah, I mean, you're watching Lamar play great the other day, but you can't ignore what's gone on with Lamar a couple of times this year. There have been some stinkers in there. There have really been some stinkers in there, Joe. So uh, I, I don't think it's outlandish to suggest that the Ravens can be a little inconsistent, just like everybody else, even though they're 10-3. and 3. I think the, the exception the caller is taking is you saying that they had gotten bailed out. They did get bailed and out. What do you, and what do you mean by that? I'm not arguing uh, What with I you. mean I'm by that curious. is the Rams are a good team, but the Rams are not a team that should have a chance to go in and beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And they got bailed out. The Rams went right down the field on that defense, by the way, and sent the game to overtime. Again, in horrible weather. And they got bailed out on a punt return for a touchdown. Please describe to me how that's any different than bailed out. Well, they, you know, they made a play. Getting bailed out might be a bad call from the officials to set you up. You know, it's like fourth and 20 and they call some ticky tack hold down the field. It sets up a first down. They got bailed out. They go on to win the game. Okay, you make a play a- in the punt game. Like you return a punt for a touchdown. That's, you know, I could see how someone would say it's not getting bailed out. They just made the play when they needed to. to no, win it's it. a good play that they made. But I would say that when it comes to making a play in the punt game, sometimes that that's a little fluky, no? Of course, especially a guy who, who from what I understand, hadn't even returned punts. Had not <laughs> like returned an NFL punt before Sunday. Right, so, you know. And I don't think had done it at all since, like, 2016. But there is college. something to be said about watching the Dolphin game last night and then you and I talking today about how if you're going to be taken seriously, you can't lose games like that. you got to find ways to win the ugly ones. Yes, and they That's did. what Baltimore did. They found a way to win the okay. ugly one. Now, in in the process of, of winning that game ugly and in the process of having some stinkers this year against, 
you know, the, the game against Pittsburgh was lousy. Um, they had a lousy one against the Colts. You start to raise questions because we don't talk about the Ravens as a fringe playoff team. If the conversation was, can the Ravens get into the playoffs, like we talk about the Texans, then we're not as critical of your your shortcomings. But when we look at the highly paid quarterback, the established head coach, the elite defense, the weapons on offense, we see your record. We know that you're a legit Super Bowl contender. We're going to nitpick more often than not because we're trying to suss through who really has a shot at winning the Super Bowl and who doesn't. And that requires a critical process. That's why Dallas always takes so much heat. Dallas is very good. But we're not arguing whether or not they can get into the postseason. We're arguing whether or not they can be the last of 32 teams standing, which requires a more thorough analysis. And if this show is anything, it is thorough. Yes. Just catch any of it earlier and you'll figure that out. By the way, you can do that by, you know, locking in on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. How about that? That's that's as professionally well done as can be. Subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> Charles in Chapel Hill is up next on ESPN Radio. Charles, what up, dude? Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You got and it, Chuck. For me, you guys are new voices on the radio. I haven't really heard you know, prior to last week, so I enjoy the back and forth you guys give us. It's great. Appreciate that. Thanks, okay, Charlie. So, yes, sir. Hey, I'm from New Jersey. My wife's from Cedar Grove. Tommy DeVito land. Uh, mm-hmm. Please don't put Tommy DeVito in the Lynn Sanity thing. <laughs> now, right Why? now, that's where we are. Lynn Sanity was more. Big, is that what uh, we're saying? Uh, 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 Jeremy Lynn should have been a Nick for, for 15 years. Goodness. You know, the worst thing that happened to him was going to the Lakers. But Tommy DeVito. Last night, he threw passes with touch. He hit his checkdowns when he needed to. He showed strength with his arms, and he scrambled right on time. He All right, a couple of things here. A couple of things. Guy's Number a new one. listener, and you, you you cut him off, huh? Yeah. That's how you grow an audience. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and checking us out last week. We appreciate the call. They're going to cut you off mid-sentence. No, it's not uh, mid-sentence. I mean, I think he had pretty much made most of his point already, so I just wanted to – you know, help um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just help summarize it for him in, in a moment. You know? In summation, Charlie. In brevity. You know, that's what we're looking for. Uh, number one, uh, Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn went and left the Knicks to go sign with the Rockets first before anything else. And then secondly, um, it's not an insult to say that Tommy DeVito might be in Lynn Sanity, but I just want us to all realize that – before we make him the next Tom Brady, enjoy the moment. I don't want to take that away from you. I would just suggest that the moment might be fleeting. And there it is. Enjoy the moment, but yes. don't really Live in the now. It. Be present. Get your head out of yeah, your just, phone. Just, just, let people, just let people have fun with it. You can crap That's what I'm doing. all over it when DeVito flames out. If he I don't want to do out. that. You don't, it seems like you He's do. He's one of my own. Because you keep letting everybody know, hey, look, it's – if you even think about being happy about this story, you should go take a long walk outside in the cold and you should just stay there because this story is coming to a miserable end. That's what you're telling everyone. Let them enjoy it. It's the holiday season. Which story? Here's a question. Which story have you enjoyed more this season if you've enjoyed either? The DeVito story or the true love in Kansas City between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Which have I enjoyed more? Yeah, which one do you like more? Uh, I like the DeVito story. I like them both. 
I don't not, want. I didn't ask if you liked them both. Fleeting. I didn't ask if you liked them both. I asked which story, which story you've enjoyed more. I'd say equally. I'm copping out on that because I have. It's pathetic. I that wasn't even want, a tough question. I don't That's want pathetic. their love to be fleeting. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.